Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. Well, if you have a Bible, please turn to the first letter of John. 1 John or first epistle of John. John, as you know, wrote the Gospel of John. He also wrote the book of Revelation right at the end of the Bible. And near the end, he wrote three letters to the churches. Let me just um, say how good it is to be back and thank those who preached while I was away. Ruth, the first week, and Aaron, who is no doubt helping out with children. Who was here last week and heard Aaron preaching? I heard it was fantastic. Um, and uh, you do realize I was away. Right, okay, just checking that someone noticed. Uh, so I was, um, the first weekend I was away, uh, two weekends ago I was uh, in Bangkok where we have um, quite a lot of ministry, preaching in two different churches that first weekend, organizing the venue that we'll have our next pastor's marriage uh, family camp retreat, which we won't do for another year or two, but planning ahead and also meeting with the pastors of the church where Dan and Jen are going to work and Dan and Jen as you know are going to move over there beginning of next year and live in Bangkok and uh, work in Bangkok and serve in this church and uh, that's a big move and you'll hear more about it and have an opportunity to support them in prayer and financially as well although they're they're looking at being as self-supporting as they can with jobs it's a great way of connecting with the community and immersing themselves in the culture and learn the language, found the language school, <laughs> took me a while, but found the language school that they wanted me to check out, and uh, it's it's real, it's okay, Dan. Yeah, it's, it's reputable, um, and, uh, and then in the middle of the two weekends during the week, I went down to Kuala Lumpur, because it's close and cheap to get to, to our C3 Global Conference, so Pastor Phil uh, was rallying the troops from all around the world, and we had David Sumrall and Phil and Kong Hee and a number of other speakers and lots of awesome worship services and connections and finding out what God's doing on all around, what God's doing uh, uh, around the world uh, and meeting with people. So that was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then back to Bangkok on the Saturday uh, to preach in two more churches. Uh, and uh, again, very well received. We've been going there for a number of years. The Thai people know us and know our love for their country. It was interesting to hear Ian Cowie, who was also with me in Bangkok, how he went to Malaysia. And like me, he said, yeah, nothing against the Malaysians. I just don't feel a real heart for this place. And I felt the same. There's, God will put some people and some places in your heart and you need to follow that and pray for those people and if the opportunity's there to minister to them and, and we've had that uh, particularly in, in Thailand so we've followed that and the, the connections are there, relationships are there with a number of churches and so they are very hungry and open uh, to the ministry that I'm able to bring and teach and pray for them and you, you finish what you think is the end of the service after about three hours and then they will often say oh come you know don't go anywhere, Pastor Chris is here, so let's have you come forward for more prayer and you know get a word of prophecy. And so they are keen. So um, you know our services go for an hour and a half to two hours, uh, but you want to watch out. I come back from over there and I think we've only just begun after three hours. So 
hope you brought your lunch with you. Um, no, no, we'll be right. And so, um, uh, you know, it's great to get away uh, and, um, you, you know, you're in a lot of different meetings, a lot of worship, a lot of time to pray. And uh, I, I get to learn and experience different things and think about things. But the major revelation I, I have often and I feel again when I was away this time is, is just about God's love. And I want to touch on that because this book, First John, uh, the Apostle John was, was known as the Apostle of Love. He'd, um, he'd been a bit, of a bit of a hothead when he was younger, it seems. But he, in this very book, the word love appears about 35 times. And he talks a lot about love. And, and, and being Father's Day, let's first of all think about the Father's love for us. In First John chapter 3, if you're there, look at this. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are! Exclamation mark. He's saying, come on, think about that. That's amazing. God has lavished love on us. We who don't deserve it have been called back into his family through the redemptive work of Jesus, the forgiveness available for us to be adopted into the family of God and for him to be our father. That's amazing. This is not a God... You know, I've been in a country recently where the majority of people are quite religious, but the God that they talk about is not a loving father. It's a God of vengeance and judgment and anger and and God is into justice, but a father is both just and gracious and loving and caring and uh, you know and when we feel that as fathers that the need to try and be like that but but we're imperfect in fact, I prayed for a young woman last Sunday in Bangkok who had left her hometown and moved to Bangkok for work, and she was working as a cleaner and it was work and there's there's no unemployment benefits in that country. So you've got to find some way of making a living. But it was hard yakka. She was doing it tough and she'd been there for a couple of months and I said, well, why don't you just go back to your, to your hometown? And she stiffened and said, I'm not going to do that. I won't go back and live with my father. And we didn't go into too much detail, but she made it clear that he was abusive and there's no way she would live with him ever again but praise God just two weeks ago she had given her life to Christ and she was in the house of God in the family of God and coming forward for prayer and I was praying for her to have a revelation of this perfect father in heaven that regardless of her earthly experiences with an imperfect father she would find the father's love the Father's care. And, and in the church that she was in, she could already see that. I, you know, they have a wonderful culture of just having lunch after church and they can afford it. The, you know, the, the cost of living, the way it's set up there, that most churches just bring in lunch or cook lunch in a kitchen and they all hang around. And then after lunch, because it's a very big and busy city and it's, it's hard and a lot of people don't have cars, they can't just pop back for an evening service or a connect group later. They do it all there and then. They've made the big trip. And so the afternoon just people hang around and while we're talking and praying, the, the girls her age are already starting to sit around and do each other's hair and chat about this and that and it's, it's family. It's family life. And, and I'm praying for her and then when I'm finished I'm saying, look, 
this is your family. You've got a perfect father. The kids muck up a bit, sure. You know, we're not perfect. But he keeps us together. And we, he keeps the family ticking over okay. You know, and isn't that awesome? And, and it's not just a fuzzy feeling. It's not just, oh, well, we're in church and feel the warm, gooey, lovey. There's fed income blessings from the Father in heaven who is out to care for you, protect you, offer you guidance and provision. I heard another woman the week before in Bangkok sharing an old lady in the church, very faithful, been there for years, following the Lord, and she's quite frail but strong in her faith. And she testified to the church about her nephew who burst into her house under the uh, influence of drugs and probably alcohol and was demon-possessed and was ranting and raving throughout the house holding a machete, chasing her down, saying, I'm going to kill you. And he burst into the room that she was in. And there he was. And he lifted both arms up with this machete right above her head. And she cried out, Jesus, help me. And his arms froze like that above her head. And he was as surprised as she was. She said they both looked up at the hands and the machete. And they're both staring at him. He's like, I can't move her arms. She's going, well, I'm glad. you know. And she sort of... And she just sort of stepped to one side and walked out of the room and took off. And she's testifying, wow, that's the blessing of God. That's the protection of God. You try calling on some other religious figure's name and see what happens. Jesus is there. You know, the Father's care is available. And, uh, and so what great love. What amazing love. Isn't that awesome? And, and John is saying, he's saying, see, come on. Exclamation marks, he's called us children. That's what we are. Think about that. Grab that revelation. You're a child of God. You know, that's your identity in life. That's mine anyway. You know, it's not people, you meet people. All over the world, oh, hi, yeah, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do is a big deal, it seems. But in God's height, that's not the big deal. It's just who you are. So, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, get a good job. Go for it. Yeah, do what you like and all that. But it doesn't matter if you haven't got the job that sounds cool. I mean, I was on a flight uh, on the, the flight over there and just right across the aisle from me, there's a woman working away on a laptop computer and uh, I could see she's very clever because she's Thai but she's doing work in English and I thought she's obviously in some medical world because she's working on a HIV program. You could see some Thai and some English and all that. She's working away. She's doing off, obviously going to do some presentation or something. Next thing, there's an announcement. Oh, we've got a problem. Is there a doctor on the plane? You know? And she's able to just press a button and say, I'm a doctor. You know? And I just thought, how cool would that be? I mean, apart from the fact that I'd probably faint as soon as I see the blood or whatever, you know, I like the idea that I could help out in that way. You know? I just think that's a cool thing. Stand aside. I'm a doctor. I can help. You know? And so that's kind of cool. If you've got it in your heart to be a doctor, go for it. But hopefully it's more than just the kudos to be able to say, stand aside. I'm a doctor. Uh, but, you know, you may not be a doctor. It doesn't matter what you do for a living, but who are you? Oh, you're a child of God, you know? So that's awesome. God loves us. The fathers are. The second kind of love that I think about uh, when I'm away and, and we should contemplate is our love, our response to God, our love for the Father. And in First John 2, if you go back a chapter, it says in verse 15, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does or the lust of the flesh or, um, or the pride of life, I think the traditional uh, rendering says, uh, comes not from the Father but from the world. You hear that? Everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, does not come from the Father but it comes from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. So when you're away, uh, you often find yourself thinking about what your life's all about and what really matters and what your priorities are. What are you pursuing? And there's a lot of wealth out there in the world. You just walk through an airport. I walked in and checked out Rolex watches the other day. I mean, they're expensive. I mean, go for it. If you're into Rolex watches and it's not a ridiculously high proportion of your income, by all means, if that's God's blessing and call for you, have a Rolex watch. Sure. You know, I mean, God's into prosperity. But they're expensive. I'm just saying there's a lot of money. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things and people go pursuing them. People go chasing after them. There's a lot of things to crave for or lust after or boast about, as it says here. But it also says these things do not come from the Father. They're all going to fade away. The world and its desires pass away. So again, you know, Rolex watch, whatever it might be, you know, but you're not going to wear it to heaven and say, excuse me, can I just jump the queue because I'm wearing a Rolex. Uh, Peter's going to say, wow, cool Rolex. You know, no, he's just going to look at you and you're going to be wearing nothing. Well, there, there you go. There's incentive to go to the gym, isn't it? No, 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 no. He is not physically... Just our spirit. There's nothing of the world, you know? Not even the calf implants or whatever you might have done to the body, you know? Some blokes are doing that. Bicep implants or what are these? Pecs, pectoral. Blokes do the implants too. Did you know that? You know, and so there's a lot of stuff, things, physical things, material things to chase, but they're not from the Father and the love for them is not the love of the Father in us. And so again, we can be blessed, we can enjoy things along the way, but we shouldn't be chasing after them the way we should chase after God and feel. And, and it says there's not, they don't come from the Father. Well, what does come from the Father? Love, forgiveness, salvation, relationships, peace, purpose, things that matter, things that are eternal. Yeah? And so we, we, we get that when we're, we're with the Lord. And, you know, one of the best things about being away for a task oriented person like myself, I mean, you ask Anthony, I don't s- sit around doing the working bee. I'm in there. I'm like, yeah, great. I'll be on back. Just get over a bit of jet lag. I'm like, working bee, great. We're on. I'm into getting things done. But one of the best things is I haven't got much to do. If I'm away, there's no kids to feed, there's no dishes to do. I don't, I was going to say laundry. I don't do the laundry. Ruth's, that's her domain. I try, I, I honestly try. I have to when she's away, but sometimes if I do the white clothes washing when she's around, I've mixed the blues with the reds, all the colours of the, you know, so, oh gee, I made a mistake. I can't do that one. Gee, I should do a really bad job with the dishes. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but, you know, there's no lawns to mow, no bins to put out. There's no TV to watch. Okay, there's TV. It's either soccer or Thai soap operas, you know, and so there's a limited amount of TV. And so I'm either in meetings praising and worshipping God or at Mr. Donut or uh, praying in my room or exercising off Mr. Donut, you know, in the gym. Uh, so there's, you know, there's a lot of time to seek God and to pray. And, and, the, and when you're in the presence of God, 
the alluring things of the world don't seem to have so much allure because you feel the allure of the Holy Ghost. You feel the spiritual attraction of God. And you think, yeah, this is where I need to be. And so, you know, one of the biggest things for me when I come back is to not just be caught up with all the things I've got to do, but to make sure I've still got time to be with the Lord. And you need that as well. And the world is busy. Our lives are busy. But we need to be able to get away. You don't have to go overseas to get away. You can just put in your diary an appointment with Jesus. And don't change that appointment. You know, make it an hour or a whole day at the beach or a weekend or get a friend when they're away and use their house and just go and seek God for a while and spend a day or a weekend and and just feel your love for the Father growing as you hang out with Him. And we need to do that. Uh, the third kind of love you feel when you're away is your love for your family. You know, I miss my wife and my kids and I think of them and I pray for them. And I'm, I, actually, I'm very proud of them. I had someone come up to me at the conference. Ruth wasn't there, but people always say, Oh, Chris, oh, you're Ruth's husband. Yeah, 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 right now. And then, not all of them, but, but even those that know me well say, Oh, hi, Chris, how's Ruth? Where's Ruth? How's Ruth? Tell me about Ruth. And so iPhones are great. You know, you show your photos off, your family. And there's one uh, woman I bumped into who has taught all four of our kids at preschool here at Narara. She's now back down in Sydney. Her son, Dan, is the... Uh, crazy C3 song leader uh, Debbie Crotz and, um, and so she asks about the kids I show her a photo and there's a photo of Luke and Hudson and you know Luke's 8 foot tall and she's like oh look at him oh I remember when he was just a little munchkin oh you know and he's got long greasy hair and he's tall and got things stuck on here and all you know very cool it's like oh you know but um I, you know, it's, it's, you feel love for your family. The challenge, of course, when you're back doing life with people close up um, is that day after day when you deal with issues and conflicts that you still feel a love, you know, on an ongoing basis for your spouse, for your kids, for your family. And it's only been a week, babe. I'm not there yet. It's okay. We're still in honeymoon period. You know, give me another few days. You know, it's only a matter of time. We'll have a fight. You know, it's okay. That's life. Um it's true, you do have stuff. And you know, it's sad. Some people run away, you know, from relationships when there's conflict, when there's an issue. And, uh, and look at First John chapter 4 now. I'm going to a few different places. Look at 1 John four sixteen, and then verse 19. Verse 16 says, God is love. That's pretty cool. There's a good starting place. And then it says, whoever lives in love lives in God and God is in him. And in verse 19, it says this, we love because he first loved us. You hear that? We love because he first loved us. In other words, when love seems to just run a little dry if you're doing life over and over and it's a bit tough or dry, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your handling your folks because you're a teenager and they won't let you do whatever you like, or you're handling your teenagers because, or your little kids. I spoke to one parent the other day, they've got this gorgeous little kid, but feeding and they're energetic, this little kid. <laughs> you may know who I'm talking about. They're in this church you know, and they're like, oh, you love them, but sometimes, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that's when you draw on, when you haven't got those just spontaneous 
feelings of, you know, love. There's there's a decision of love. There's a God-given flow of love because he loves us and we love because he first loves us. So we can draw on his love in us and through us. Amen? And so it's there for our family, for our kids. And then, of course, you've got love for your church family. First John chapter 4 again, look at verse 7. And this is the family of God. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Hey, David Sumrall spoke at this conference I was at about shepherding. He preached his great message called Shepherds Smell Like Sheep. And he is a shepherd as an under-shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd, of course. But he's very much a pastor, and he's lived in Manila for 30 or so years. He's an American living in the Philippines, but he doesn't have this us and them kind of thing. He could have had, you know, sort of a real separate setup with people offering him, you know, security, fences around his house, even flying in from another safer country to the places that he ministers to. But he says, no, no, I love the people. I'm called to live amongst the people. And he has 30,000 people in his church. Now, in all over the world, very influential ministry. And yet, he talks as if he's got like 50 people in his church and he just loves people. In fact, at another conference I was at, I was sitting down reading my Bible early one morning and this bloke comes and sits down next to me and it's David Sumrall. He says, oh, let me tell you how I read the Bible. And he kind of just does his Bible study with me and tells me the brand of pen that I should buy because it doesn't bleed the ink onto the other side and how I should write away to this company that rips your Bible and puts another separate page to write your notes. And he's, he's like a real caring. He's not just sort of like, whoa, too many people. I'll just preach the word and get out of here. You know, He's just doing life with people. And I think that is awesome. That is the heart of a shepherd. And Ruth and I feel that. You know, Jesus, as I said, is the chief shepherd, but we are called to to love you guys as his under-shepherds, to serve him and to serve people in this house and in this community. And, you know, we, we've had, you know, young Leroy and Keelan, they, come, they live with us now more than a year, and they'll be living with us for years to come. They didn't always, but they've come into our house, and they appreciate and receive the care that we've got as parents. And it's a bit like that with the house of God in that, We've got a whole bunch of kids in our street. There's like a dozen kids all in our little cul-de-sac. And I, you know, say hello to them, remember their names, you know, play cricket with them. If the ding-ding ice cream man comes and our boys get the ice creams, I say, oh, we'll go out, give everyone ice cream, come back. There's supposed to be 20 in the box and there's 12 kids that come back. There's like one left, you think. Okay, okay, someone's pretty hungry, you know. But, but, but beyond that... The kid and they come in to our house a bit and jump on the trampoline and you know but it's not like I have them over for dinner every night and I don't put them to bed and read them a bedtime story to all the kids. There's a difference when the little guys, Leah and Killer, live in our house. They benefit the most 
from our provision and care and protection. And there's something about the family of God. We feel the love for all people, but there's a care that's available when people come in to the community, the relationship network, the family. It's not just Ruth and me. It's the brothers and sisters in the family that offer that supportive network for for each of us. And that's available, again, with God's love. And smart people don't throw that out away easily. Like this couple, Andrew and Bronwyn, who are here this morning, who joined our church only recently. And Bronwyn wrote me this email. A while ago, a few weeks ago, she wrote and, and asked, could someone come and pray with us? Uh, and they'd been going through quite a lot of sickness and felt a real spiritual battle. And she wrote while I was away, I got this email. She said, hi, Chris and Ruth. I just wanted to give you some feedback from our family. Andrew and Elizabeth Deem came over in response to our earlier request, came over to our home a few weeks ago when we were at our worst. Andrew had an intestinal infection. The kids were both sick with the flu and I had hurt my back, amongst other things. They anointed each of us with oil and also our home and prayed through each room and around our house that evening. Instantly, the pain and other effects Andrew has as a result of his intestinal infection were gone. He felt clear and fine and was able to return to work the following day. Unfortunately, he hurt his back at work the very next week, but he has recovered quickly and without problems through constant prayer for healing. Both the kids have recovered quickly from their illnesses and have been well ever since. Sarah is sleeping the best she has in months. Daniel, other than usual baby teething, is well. He had been having cold and flu bugs for about four months, which have since stopped. My back is perfect now and haven't had any pain or twinges in many weeks. I am fighting fit. Each night we pray for protection and healing over the house and family. Our home feels lighter in the atmosphere. We don't feel weighed down and pressure has been lifted off us. We are thankful for the prayer support over our family. And we give thanks to the ladies in the church who cooked for us that week when things were quite bad for us. We are thankful for a loving and caring church community. It is also awesome that we were taken seriously with our health problems. Some other people we know tended to have a, oh, well, it's that time of year approach without seeing how long we've been suffering under a blanket of illness. I just wanted to give some feedback regarding our health and to give praise to our Lord for his healing and grace. Blessings, Bronwyn. And that is a great testimony because it shows the love that is available in the family of God. We are thankful for a loving and caring church community. It shows that there's a network of relationships. You've got people with spiritual experience and wisdom and the knowledge of the word to come in and pray faithful prayers and to show scriptures that promise healing and to stand and fight with them. It also shows smart people who are clicking into that, who are not isolated, who are not sitting at home thinking that someone like the pastor should be a mind reader to know that they're going through hard times. Actually connect and communicate and let people know, hey, we need some help. And one of the greatest tragedies of the modern church is that people have this weird consumer attitude to the church and that if things aren't going just the way they like or if there's a bit of a conflict or an issue, they're gone. And that's exactly when a family sticks together. My kids fight. I don't see them walking out the door with their bags packed and I'm moving to another family. It's like, hey, work it out. Come here. Have a tickle. Have a cuddle. Come on. What's your problem? Luke, Bethany, come on. Oh, it's not so much looking better now. They're perfect. You know, they've grown up. And but, you know... And yet, hello, 
Well, I'm out of here. What, what, you, there's a problem. How about we deal with it? How about the perfect father in heaven lets the imperfect children find a way to solve things? You know, that's, that's sad. And it's not God's will for us to just walk away. Whether, the, you know, if there's an offense or a disagreement, forgiveness, faithfulness, commitment, these are Bible words. These are God's words, yeah? These are God's call on us to work stuff out. And I think, as I said, that's a testimony, not just to the church family, but to that couple to connect how God wants us to and how wonderful it is when people do that. Finally, you know, we feel God's love for us, our love for the Father, our love for our close family, our love for the church family. But, you know, when you're prayerful and you're in God and you're feeling his love and presence, you feel love for all people. We feel the love of God. Let me finish with one last scripture. 1 John chapter 3.16, this same book here. And it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Verse 18 says, dear children, let us not love just with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. It's interesting. First John 3.16 says this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. Well, that's very much like John 3.16 in the gospel. that says God loved the world so much that he sent and he gave his only son. Anyone who believes in him won't die, but will have eternal life. There's the gospel in a nutshell. And that's the message that God gives us. If we don't just love with words, but with actions and in truth, we'll actually bring that message into the world around us, into our friends' lives and our families and neighbours' lives and feel that call that, you know, it's wonderful to be in our families, in our homes, in our church family, just with ours, those that love us. But Jesus, come on, he calls us out, doesn't he? And I feel God's love for our community. And uh, just as Elizabeth was talking earlier about prayer for the community, prayer is part of the equation. And it, and it brings the blessing of God, open heaven, atmosphere, opportunities, open doors. <gasps> but we've got to walk through that open door. We've got to walk across the room. We've got to connect and, and commit to being able to share God's love with other people. And so let's keep aiming that way, yeah? Loving God, having his love flowing through us for each other, building a community of love and grace and forgiveness and acceptance and for other people to come in, but also for us to go out, yeah? Not just if they come in, but they feel compelled to come in. Josh didn't walk into this church off the street on his own. He did have someone that invited him, dare I say it, nagged him. And invited him several times. And even when he was approaching, he felt hesitant. If he was on his own, he probably would have turned away and walked away. But there was someone saying, come on, it's okay. And bringing him in, compelling him into the house of God. And so let's go out with that message and let's keep God's love flowing. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at www.c3cc.org.au. God bless you.